listening to Inclusive AF with Jackie Clayton and Katie Van Horn. Hi, Jackie. Hello. How are you doing, Katie? I'm super good. You're all like pretty in pink today. Uh, right? Yeah. Hell okay. yeah. I'm working on it. Are you trying to pretend it's springtime? Is that what you're going for? Fully. It is raining and I'm pretending it's spring. It is. So we had a frost <clears throat> morning here in Arizona for like the last three days. It is so freaking cold. And you know, for most folks that are listening to this, they're going to laugh at me. But like, you know, we had, like I said, a frost warning overnight. It's like 50 degrees right now. And I'm sitting in my office with like 16 layers on just freezing. Um, but anyhow, welcome to the Inclusive AF podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yes, welcome. I will say it's been very interesting. I did a little travel last week. Yes. Went to San Francisco and I found if heaven exists, I think this was my version. Okay. We were in an office building and they said that they had snacks. However, they had like lime flaming hot Cheetos. Like they had Ooh. the um, <clears throat> stroop waffles. These are not normal snacks to have. No. When people say snacks, I think microwave popcorn and Coke. No, no. they had everything. And so if, so if clearly you were at a tech company, <laughs> right? Yes. In in uh, Silicon Valley. Yes, I that's right. Um, I was also reminded that I don't look stable in places with hills. And someone asked me if I was OK. And I was like, <laughs> I thought I was just standing as I realized I was like rocking back and forth. This was way more hilly than Texas and only in Seattle and San Francisco, did people ask me if I was about to pass out? And I'm like, what are you talking? Oh, no, I'm just not used to standing on hills. Yeah. Well, it's also the walking up and down hills. I mean, we get that if we like want to go hiking in Arizona, but really not a thing in Waco, even a no. little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Like there's not even an incline on the streets. Yeah. Like it's just no. flat, flat, flat Texas. That's All right, right. So let's get to our guests. We're sitting here just kibitzing. Well, that I guess I have a great segue and okay, I don't go. look my best, but our next guest will help you look your best. Ever. <laughs> <laughs> Better than we look today. <laughs> so why don't we kick it over to you and allow you to introduce yourself to our guests? Yeah. Um, first of all, thank you for having me. Yes. Um, it's such a joy already having this conversation with you. Thank you for setting the stage. <laughs> uh, my name is Dasha Dare. Um, I'm a New York City-based uh, photographer, portrait photographer, and a life coach. So my main focus and area of interest right now is the topic of self-image, the role images play in our role in our life. Um, why do they cause separation? in groups of people in society generally um another big topic for me is the need for feeling seen why do we want to feel seen how do we make others feel seen um and helping others do that right so i um most recently have been experimenting with adding photography to my life coaching sessions so that's been kind of my a uh, brand new baby uh, in the sense that it's the project that uh, uh, takes most of my um, 
time right now developing and working on and practicing. Um, and the reason why I wanted to come to your podcast specifically um, and how all of my work relates to inclusivity really is the uh, corporate offering that I've came up with. Um, it's called Feeling Seen. It's a um, employee recognition um, offering as an alternative to traditional recognition methods. Um, it's essentially a photo shoot where we talk with people about who they are as human beings, as opposed to um, how they are at work. Right? So that's that's kind of uh, in short. <laughs> yes. Awesome. Ever. I mean, I heard a story once about giving someone recognition and they were giving him awards and he was really introverted, really shy, but he was like top in sales and they were just bringing him on stage and he felt really uncomfortable. And then they gave him a family portrait. Like they took his family and took pictures of them. And he realized that, you know, like they realized that was what the most important thing to this person was, was his family and children. And so that meant a lot to them. But I love the thought of, going through asking questions and taking pictures because in looking at some of the photography it, it that you've done online and looking at Instagram what what struck me was how like these are normal you know air quote normal people everyday people yeah. but the pictures look like they're so interesting. Like they look like art pieces. Like I have so many questions, but I feel like because I feel like people are exposing themselves, but yet look so comfortable. Like how do you do yeah. that? Yeah. Thank you. First of all, thank you. Uh, I feel like it's been a hike to get to the point of just like in any, I think, artistic or creative work, you work towards your product being so aligned and in synchronicity what your message is mm. so I, I feel like i'm at the point of doing photography for the last probably 15 years um i am there <laughs> finally since you were telling me about that <laughs> um i think one side of the situation is that i have an intention to see a person as they are because there are different photographers right mm. some photographers want to um come up with an idea stage the whole image tell a person how to look how to pose what to do um i was always curious why do people don't want to be themselves you know the most common requests uh, when a person comes to a photographer can you make my nose look smaller can you remove few inches from my waist can you make me look younger can you and there was and there was some point uh at some point i asked myself like what is going on <laughs> why do we not want to be ourselves you know um and so I guess from that moment forward, I decided, okay, I really want to help people do something about this and help people um, feel more comfortable in their skin and see themselves from the other angle. And so from that moment forward, kind of my entire body of work is all about that. Like, I want to see you and I want you to feel comfortable with me, comfortable enough to be seen and um i think that's how the whole idea of feeling seen feeling seen project uh was evolving over time and i'll tell you i think only now only after pandemic i can see how much people are more open 
to being seen, to feeling seen, to being themselves, to living their life. And I think now is the is a great time uh, to bring this into corporate world as well, because as we're coming out from dark, well, for some people, dark pandemic times, you know, we have an opportunity to look at each other with a fresh set of eyes. Mm -hmm. So how do we want to be seen? Do we want to be seen? How do we help people uh, be more relaxed in their own body and their own selves without any sense of judgment? Because our self-image is based on our past experiences. So as long as we're attaching ourselves to our past negative experiences, especially if we talk about inclusivity and feeling um, being minor in certain situations, feeling um, disrespected, maybe, um, as long as you live in the past, your self-image will remain the same. So how do we create new experiences for people um, to feel different? And so, so I, again, I'm, I, as you can say, I'm a big fan of this work, of this idea, um, and of blending photography in, because photography is a very, every photo shoot is a very vulnerable space to be in. And so you have to be really careful navigating it without um, hurting, without a person feeling uncomfortable. And especially if I'm coming to a corporate environment, which is a workplace where we all have our masks, regardless of how much we're saying and talking about work-life integration and how the role of workplace have changed, well, <clears throat> we still feel like we're coming into the office playing a certain role, doing a certain job, doing certain things. So we assign certain meaning to, to um, this kind of setting. So it's interesting and it's tricky at the same time. Um, and having that conversation during the photo shoot is a key. Um, me being a life coach, trained life coach, and accredited as an ICF coach helps tremendously knowing which, which questions to ask and which not to ask mm. and how not to hurt and not, how not to make the situation worse or more uncomfortable for a person uh, having a camera pointing in their face. <laughs> yeah, Katie and I should not be photographers. No, yeah. Well, I, I was like, I love the way that you're talking about this, because I think, you know, every time I've gotten headshots done and talking to photographers and just folks that I know, there is that yeah, getting people comfortable in front of the camera, that is the actual piece of work. Like you can take beautiful shots, but until they are actually comfortable and kind of relaxed a little bit, it does mm -hmm. make it extremely difficult for you as a photographer. So yeah, I, I think bringing that together and having those conversations and asking the questions to get people to a place that it's okay and showing their authentic self, showing their real self is good. Like that's just, I think that's such a gift in and of itself to be able to get people to that place. So, but, you know, you're absolutely right. Uh, but also, as you were speaking, I realized, well, how is it different from any interaction that we're having? In day to day, mm -hmm. what is stopping us from uh, being that person without a camera in your hands, but being that person intentionally or having an intention to make another person feeling relaxed mm -hmm. and be themselves, as opposed to creating this intimidating setting or power play? Who is better? Who is worse? This is my cat, by the way. I'm just gonna <laughs> hang out with us. <laughs> 
<laughs> She's a spirit animal, so she shows up when the yes. truth is spoken. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Yeah. So, so yes, for a photographer to be a successful photographer, you need to have this gift or ability or skill, whichever way you look at it. But then also for human to be human, you know, we, I feel like we oftentimes forget that there is a way of being for us that makes another human feel something. Mm -hmm. So the question oftentimes is not about who is it in front of me. It's more about how I am being in this moment and how does that make that person feel? You know, so it's more of a, like, I take responsibility for how I show up. Yes. And I know that that affects another person. And, and I think that, like, I love the way that you're relating that, like, even if you didn't have the camera, how are you making someone feel when you're interacting with them? How are you approaching whatever the, the, the conversation, the interaction is? And I think that's, that's just such a good reminder for all of us. And, you know, I, I this time of year, I'm always, you know, very interested in how folks are feeling mentally because it is like you know if you're in the northeast um or even you know the the midwest the the weather and the after december you know the holidays it's that january february slug where it's freezing and you're miserable and you're like i just want i want sunshine i want warmth all those yes. things and you know and so it, it is interesting like this is such a critical time for folks to show up and and welcome them and you know make them feel comfortable but mm -hmm. it takes work it does take work and like as you're saying it's how you are showing up yeah yeah i also uh, you know i've been observing um the like corporate corporate world over the last couple of years as how we were navigating this whole trajectory of working from home and then coming back to the offices and work-life integration and then work-life integration becoming work-life balance and from balance to work-life harmony and now so what's next how how else are we gonna you know help each other integrate <laughs> so i mean it's true for me i have a sad which is seasonal um associative disorder and mm -hmm. in the winter what's funny is that i'm always like like i mean it's i feel sad it's cliche to say i have sad and i feel sad it just sounds dumb but i feel sad and then the sun comes up and i'm like what are you even talking about like i don't know everything's what, fine yeah it's fine and then it rains again i'm like oh yeah i want to stay inside they're like what is going on but i feel like there is changing seasons in within people's life as we get older um and also on how other people see us affects how we see ourselves sometimes um i had mentioned that i was in san francisco last week and um i katie knows i love singing karaoke so i had no voice so everybody knew i was singing karaoke and my husband slash executive producer husband todd said how was it i was like what's well, the same as always except i'm the adult in the room and that's different and there is a moment when it's like how does that change like i'm doing the same activities but it's different people look at it different or look at each other different um but i love i i want to get back to something you said earlier mm. about 
making people feel comfortable having that life coach piece, mm -hmm. but being able to ask the right questions and ask and the ones to avoid. Um, I don't want you to give like spill all the beans in the lobby, but curious as to what types of questions can help like our listeners, even if they're just trying to get to know somebody new, what types of things um, seem to work to help people feel comfortable or to know that you have an interest at least. Welcome change agents to your go-to place for stories that ignite your spirit, fuel your purpose and connect us all. We believe in the incredible power of the human spirit, its boundless resilience, and the inspiration it brings to our lives. On the Driving Change podcast, we'll journey together through the extraordinary, yet very relatable experiences of some of the most amazing people on earth. Our mission? That through these stories, we might just spark change within you and awaken a newfound motivation to harness your unique gifts to make a real difference in the world. So get ready to be inspired and join us on this incredible adventure. You can find the Driving Change Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you love listening to your favorite podcasts. Yeah, I think, um, I would say generally, we start not from asking the question, but from listening. Mm. And, and in coaching sessions and i generally apply this to all of my communication and and instances where i have social interactions um being present in the moment you you instantly feel when another person is plugged in into this conversation into this environment you know like you and i are having conversation right now i first of all know that nothing else matters except for my cat of course who sees right. <laughs> <laughs> and I know that you're not being distracted by any other thoughts that, you know, any other events that are happening in their life. Everyone has lives of their own, obviously. But then there is um, that kind of moment of mutual interest and also, again, intention. Uh, I keep on repeating this word because it's so important, you know, because you and I are coming here together and I have an intention to know you. So I'll be present with you. I'll make sure that everything else turned off in my life for this, I don't know, 30 minutes. Sometimes a photo shoot in a, in a corporate environment can be like 15 minutes, you know, and I my task is to see and open up a person and make him or her relaxed in the span of 10, 15 minutes. Wow. So the first time for me, first thing for me is to not have anything on my mind, not have my ego playing in this. So I have to be completely removed from anything related to my life and completely invested into what this person is about. Coming into the space with this innate sense of curiosity, similarly how, I don't know, kids coming to a playground. Oh, I wonder what this person is about. Also approaching every, every human being as a gift to you. Because I don't know, I don't know how my conversation is going to end up. I don't know, maybe we'll become best friends. Maybe I'm going to help you with something. Maybe you're going to help me with something. Maybe we're just going to have fun. But regardless, I know that there is purpose in us meeting at this moment. So it's kind of, you know, it's definitely not a transactional moment in life. Um, you look at this as a as a investment into your future. Every single interaction, every single, you know, moment that you're together. And then in terms of questions, um, 
I love asking people about feelings because what I'm essentially looking for is the opportunity to relate. What is, how can I relate to this human being? I see them for the first time. I don't work in their company. I have no idea what their company, well, usually I know what the company does, but <laughs> I have no idea what this person, what your day-to-day -day operations. And I don't want to grade you based on your work uh, environment because I know you're not your job. You're not your work, you're not your title, right? So how can I relate to another human being? And then, you know, that's up to you. You can ask how your morning was this morning and how that, how did you feel if, you know, for instance, some people, oh, like I got stuck in traffic or like I had this fight with my wife, like, or like I had this and this. And ask about feelings. That's the greatest chance of you relating to another human being because you all have that. You all have like all like don't tell me you don't feel anything if, even if you say that i don't feel anything that means that i can still have an opportunity to relate with you um but everything else you know and you'll be surprised how people react when you ask them deeper questions as to oh and i wonder how that made you feel and i think that's so important especially with diversity equity inclusion and belonging because a lot of times i might not be able to relate to exactly what you're saying, but I understand what being sad feels like, or I understand what being left out feels like, um, yeah. or feeling uncomfortable or overwhelmed. Like it's so important to learn those words, and it, it's key. Like the communication um, is key to being able to relate, and I think you have a real gift in being able to see that through the lens um literal lens of a mm -hmm. camera is interesting of being able to pick up those feelings it's like those things in the hospital <clears throat> when we were like right now in the airport they have the thing where you press the button like how was your visit to the toilet today yeah. smiley face sad face or neutral and i'm always like when is it ever smiley face i'm always wondering when is it smiley face <laughs> you go to a therapist and it's like five pages and yeah. you're like i'm between worrisome nervous like there's all of these different things but it's like so when you start thinking about it there's so many words to describe how how you're feeling but once you can find that word other people can relate yeah it yeah absolutely you know during um during pandemic i shot the personal project it's called all is one i basically invited into the studio space several people who did not know each other and i worked with them one-on-one -on -one. and i basically asked them the same question um how was your pandemic experience or how is your pandemic experience because I was, I mean, I, I could not understand what we're going on through, going through collectively. So I was trying to kind of ask other people and see how I feel, <laughs> how I feel about their answers and whether or not we're going through the same thing. And then I, I think I had like about 10, 15 participants. And uh, in the end, and I was recording audio as well to create the soundtracks of um, their answers. And I realized that we're all worrying about the same things. There isn't much difference between us. And I thought, wow, that is so interesting and fascinating that as much as 
separation exists in our world, unfortunately, as much as, um, you know, there is this division in society, right? There is still a chance for us to have that common thread. And, and it's sometimes it's a matter of initiating, initiating a conversation about it. It's, it's similarly what you're doing with your podcast as well, you know, having that space, inviting people into this conversation and saying, hey, we, we have a chance, we have hope, we have, you know, people who want to have those conversations, so why don't we start that? And I think the more uh, companies can initiate those conversations, the better it is for all. And, and that's honestly my um, uh, desire to partner with forward thinking um, HR and professionals and the heads of teams who want to create those experiences and conversations for people to come in and say, yes, you can relate to me and I can relate to you. And we don't need to divide us ourselves into different groups and, and hang the labels on each other. You know, So I, I, I think that's a beautiful thing about uh, current situation, what we're doing. Yeah, I... I, I like the way that you're thinking about this that you know i think for all of us there's this you know shared humanity even if you know we have many different experiences all of these different things and i think the in the corporate setting in the you know in the organizational setting it is always challenging because it is you know and i just had this conversation last week with a, a team what does authentic mean to you when you you know when you're being authentic how authentic do you want people to really be how authentic is okay at work um, and so I think there's also this piece of we have these shared experiences and we want folks to be comfortable and then also acknowledging that the experiences aren't the same and the experiences aren't always uh, positive for every single person. And so I think it is that balance that you have to strike as an HR person, but starting from that place of what do we have in common and what are the things that tie us together working in the same place you know shared mission all those things but also like again just getting people comfortable with who are they so i think that's also another piece to the the puzzle and you know I, I, of course with life coaching i know that that's you know definitely something you're you're working with your folks on is um who are they or who do they want to be right. and so that, i think that's just a fascinating piece too because i think with photography it's the who do you see yourself as but also who do you want to see yourself as? Yeah. Um, and so I think that it's just such an interesting piece and, and to think about that in a corporate setting and how HR folks can help with some of these things. I think that it's it's such an interesting concept. So I love it. Yeah, you know, I, I um, oftentimes have these conversations with uh, several friends of mine who hold high um, level corporate positions um, in, in their companies about how do we bring uh, mindset coaching and, li and life coaching into the corporate environment because um as much as of course uh, it's important to talk about career and, and progress of your uh, work trajectory your, your work path and and all kinds of skill sets that, that are important but then the more work and life uh, are becoming integrated the more there is a need of understanding exactly who am I as a person? Because that's going to affect everything. <laughs> uh, you no longer can, uh, you know, just answer the question, what, what's my job description and be satisfied with that? That's not enough. 
that's not enough. I mean, uh, if you're managing a group of people and yes, you're a great manager, no doubt in that. But then uh, what about interaction? What about communication? What, what about your happiness, your inner happiness, your self-image and self-worth? And so, so, so the question of self-worth um, comes uh, into place where you have your self-image and the idea of your ideal self. So if your ideal self is not matching your self-image, what you see about yourself uh, right now, then your self-worth goes down, you know, essentially. So there is that uh, disconnect. How do we bring those two together? Because that's going to influence your day-to-day -day happiness with yourself. How do I show up? That will trigger a lot of uh, fears, a lot of um, inauthentic behaviors, trying to um, be better, be somebody else, be not yourself, anyone else but not myself, because I'm so ashamed of how I am, because my self-image does not match my ideal self. So there are all these questions that I, I personally foresee um, a lot of uh, HR professionals thinking of or considering addressing in the near future. You know, we, right now, so many of us are getting ready for performance reviews. Hmm. And I was laughing because I was um, sharing a new uh, presentation that I'm working on. And part of it, I was stating that the issue, part of the issue was diversity, equity, and inclusion success, program success, is that we are all fiercely protective of our own self-esteem. And so we started laughing about performance reviews. I go, isn't it funny that when I write the review, I can say, this is your challenge. These are the things that you haven't done, but I don't think I would ever write, you know, caveat, I didn't give you fully all the information that you needed for this. Yeah. I just expected you to figure it out and you didn't, and now I'm mad. Like there's so many things that when you write it, it's like, how aware are you? I think it's a very, you know, we're trying to um, get better at it. I think a lot of people are trying to get better at it, but I think that that is always the, the tricky part, right? It's because mm -hmm. of trying to manage your own ego and self-esteem um, from a leadership standpoint, um, and you're so you're trying to be your own advocate that mm -hmm. you can for, lose yourself sometimes in that and mm -hmm. be like, we're trying to get really, really clear. And I, I think of the example, I, I put out a diversity report, mm -hmm. but it was around like two and a half quarters in and my boss is like, why aren't you doing this thing? And I was like, oh, because when you say it, you give me the option to opt out. They're like, I am? I was like, yeah, I don't know if you realize that, but yeah, you always are like, this is what I think you should do. And I'm like, well, I don't. And that's the end of it. <laughs> I was like, is it something you really want me to do? You're going to have to say that because my brain, there's too much going on in my brain. I don't guess anymore, mm -hmm. right? And I think it's interesting that we get to this place where we expect people to figure it out, figure out what I'm thinking um, and punish people for not knowing us, even though you're not giving them your whole self at, at work. I think we're trying to, yeah. um, but now I'm like all thinking about it. It's like, this is really a lot deeper than I thought yeah. it was gonna be. Like when you think about 
how you see yourself, how others see you. Mm -hmm. And how does that relate at work? That's Dasha, that's scary. It's like, I don't know, how, like if you can get yeah. people to do that in 15 minutes and they're like, okay, this is me. Then you have a real skill. Well, um, I think I have to, I have to trust myself so much. So to the point that, uh, as long as I know that I am in the right state of mind and an energy place. Well, and where's that I class? Like, like, well, I have, <laughs> like, I, I have my own routine, right, established to prepare myself for this work because it's not, <clears throat> it's, it's not just simply pressing the button of camera, right? It's a little, uh, a little more <laughs> than that. Um, but it takes, uh, it takes practice of um, relaxing into who you are in the moment and trusting that when we're having this conversation um i'm showing up fully and yes i hope that you show up fully as well as yourself but i can't expect um i have no expectations you know and i think that's what is challenging because it's uh the bigger question is like how uh how can we be in the unknown how can we be with a person without knowing whether or not they're giving us uh the full picture we don't know I don't i mean i don't know we're having conversation hopefully this person is trusting me enough to tell me everything they think about my work performance or the whole situation at work but i have no control over it and, and i think having no control that's like a bigger philosophical question that we might need another episode <laughs> yeah <laughs> having no control over certain things right they trigger a lot of uh, fear in us and that creates the whole uh, like confusion in miscommunication a lot of times i think what we need to learn more and and get more comfortable with this the, that uncertainty of like i don't know but my job my job is to show up and be myself i can be only responsible for me i can only have expectations from myself uh you know i can only take ownership for the way i show up and hoping and trusting that that person feels the same but then you know and the outcome is the outcome yeah, I and think it sounds easier said than done. Yeah, uh, but so far I haven't come up with a better way of dealing with this. To be honest, <laughs> but, but as Jackie just said, like what a skill that is, because I think that's the piece too is being able to pull that out of someone and make them comfortable enough to truly show you who they are. Mm -hmm. I think that's just like that's a gift, and I think that's another piece to this. Uh, you know, as you think about how people show up at work and you know that mask you know as you mentioned earlier that folks wear how much of that do they take off in front of the camera or or don't you know depending on how comfortable they feel with you or whoever is taking the pictures and so i think that's a piece too is just the the gift that you have to be able to to get folks to pull that mask off and show who they really are mm -hmm. and like you know as you said in 15 minutes like that's amazing so um just really, really cool. Yeah. Well, thank you. I um, I'm blessed to be doing what I truly love and believe in, and uh, you know, seeing people and making them feel seen has been the greatest joy. Because go ahead. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, because I think many of us don't realize that it's a fundamental human need. This is how we bring each other into existence. Mm -hmm. This is why we need another person in the room. This is why when we're growing up, right, we need another person to say, 
I see you and, and you as a child understand, oh, I exist because someone sees me, you know? And so it's the same, the same thing is in, in any social environment. The, the way for me to know that I matter is not only by me recognizing my kind of my being, that's great, but we're social creatures. So we were meant to be in the community. So if imagine I get into a community where no one sees me, no one recognizes my existence, how do I feel about myself? Mm -hmm. How? Uh, that's terrifying, you know? So actually me knowing that my job is making other people feel seen, whether or not I belong to this community or not, mm -hmm. Well, I help this community to create this culture, this this atmosphere, this energy. That's the most beautiful job ever. And uh, I'm just truly blessed and excited to keep on doing it. <laughs> yeah, I think that I think that what you said really resonates with me about being seen as part of that. I I was explaining, you know, we where I work, we're completely remote. So when you get an opportunity to see each other, a lot of times it's the first time and I've worked with them for over a year and I've mm -hmm. never met them in person. And someone came up to me and they were after presenting the topic that I was talking about. They were mm -hmm. like, oh, you're so open and you're like such an extrovert and you do all these things. And I was like, actually, I'm neither an extrovert or, uh, or introvert. And they were like, what do you mean? I was like, well, introverts, get their uh, energy from being by themselves, right? And extroverts get their energy from being with other people. And I was like, I get my energy from being on stage. And then I want to run and hide. I need to recharge by myself or my special friends. And then I have to go out and then like chase that attention. And then once I get it, run. It's like a cat. Well, yeah, speaking yeah. of cats, it's like that. It's like, do you see me? Oh, you see me. And then they run away. <laughs> yeah, I can relate. <laughs> you know, and I feel like I know I'm not I know that I'm not the only person who does that, where it's like they want to be seen, they want to be heard and then I get afraid once there's they're seen and heard what, what's next, because we're so used to not people not being open to seeing and hearing all of us for who we are. Yeah. And I think that's part of that. The the picture taking as well it is the being seen and heard and and how vulnerable that would make a person feel if they have never been vulnerable before like to jackie's point if this is the first time i'm getting my picture taken by you and you have pulled out that you know who i truly am and that puts me in a very vulnerable position especially you know in a work environment or wherever you know really for whomever it might be and like how how you have to walk folks through that like i yeah. think that's just such a critical piece like do you love news about linkedin indeed google and just about every other recruitment tech company out there hell yeah i'm chad i'm cheese we're the chad and cheese podcast all the latest recruiting news and insights are on our show dripping in snark and attitude subscribe today wherever you listen to your podcasts we out it is it is a, you're absolutely right it's a very vulnerable um place i think uh, the idea is so so picture taking let me let me go to square to square one here Photography is, um, for me, the business of love for people, 
it's a business of loving essentially it's it's the work of loving it's it's seeing uh, there's a, a great book um i don't remember the author where it says that seeing is believing and believing the root of the word believing comes from loving so so it's when you think about it when i approach photography process i come to the photo shoot with an intention of loving this person in front of me there is nothing else but the recognition of your true beauty whatever is given to you i come with a set of fresh eyes i know nothing about you i the only thing that i know is that you're a gift given to me right now in this moment and how my job is like how do i get to know more of what kind of gift are you you know <laughs> so if i can explain that to you during the process that's great if i can take it even further and explain to you that this image becomes a record of you being seen and loved for who you are then you take this image and you keep it forever and every time you feel like you're afraid of being yourself you're afraid of showing up you're feeling vulnerable hopefully you can come back to that image and see oh someone in that moment someone saw me and they didn't criticize me they didn't judge me they didn't tell me that i'm right or wrong because there is no such thing I was there and it was safe and I felt great about it and the energy was amazing and because you know we don't we remember how people made us feel mm -hmm. so I I only want this image to carry that energy and hopefully it's gonna last because any artwork carries the, the energy we know that from paintings from music from photography from movies right so why don't we have a picture of ourselves that carry the energy of us being recognized and valued and loved for who we are? I think, you know, will that in the future make you feel vulnerable coming to work, knowing that you've been, hopefully we get to present this whole process in a way that you understand that this is us loving you. Mm -hmm. not us making you feel vulnerable or punishing you for whatever, right? So. Right, 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 yes. Yeah yeah and, and yeah to be clear yeah i don't mean that in a, a bad way like vulnerable meaning like to open up and kind of show yourself in such a way it does put you in a vulnerable spot and yes i mean hopefully any group that is doing this and uh, you know i assume this is part of your process it is creating a space where everyone can be in that vulnerable spot so it's not oh hey jackie you're going to be vulnerable everyone else isn't like it's yeah. <laughs> the shared you know yeah shared experience which is awesome so uh very cool so dasha you know one of the questions we ask folks is you know what are what are the things you want to make sure our listeners hear uh from you you know from this episode mm -hmm. uh, i think if there was just one thing um i would like to highlight and under my underline and just remind people that in every any given interaction um there is a way for you to be in the same space with other people that can make them feel seen and you by just being aware of that can change somebody's life because we don't know you know some people might never been seen especially maybe a younger sometimes you meet a younger generation of uh, kids who are just starting their career and who knows what kind of experiences they had in life but you by just being around them in a way that makes them feel seen can 
change the entire trajectory of their life. And I think the more aware we become of that, the more responsible we become, the better it is for all of us, and especially for those people who need that. You know, mm -hmm. we all need that, but some people maybe more than others. And, and there is nothing crazy and extra curriculum for you to do other than just being present with that person and, and being a little more curious than just, you know, high and by. <laughs> so if I would like to encourage um, uh, more intentionality, I guess, in our interactions. I love that. Jackie? Mm -hmm. I was, it, this hit me different this time. I feel like I want people to make sure they take the time to look at your Instagram to see the outcome of some of these of your photography and portraits. If especially if there's any confusion to what we're talking about, I think it becomes just really incre increasingly clear of the type of work that you have. And if you haven't up to this point, go back and listen to this again after you, you watch it to understand and also encourage people to think about kind of where we were at the beginning of why don't you want people to see either you do want to see people or what are you sharing how you feel about how much you share of yourself and where you are if you feel safe enough to share yourself and if not why to start looking at those things especially those of us those women of a certain age or you know i'm about to be 50 and i'm right at that point where i'm like do i dye my hair do i not dye my hair is this skirt too short is it like not does it make me look matronly like i'm going through all of the things right now i'm sure i'll get over it but it's like i want people to do that and understand and think about that i think it's a really important question yeah i love that I think it, the the piece for me is, you know, what you've started with the beginning that, you know, folks might come to you and start with, a, oh, you know, can you make my nose look smaller? Can you, you know, whatever it might be that they want you to change about them. But part of finding who they are and finding their beauty, whatever you define beauty as, is is not changing those things. And, you know, each of us is an individual and each of us has so many amazing things about us and and how we show up and what we say with our eyes, all of these different things. And so if you can do that in a portrait, like how amazing is that? Like, that's just very, very cool. So uh, Dasha, thank you for joining us. We truly appreciate it. Um, where can folks find you? As Jackie mentioned, you're on Instagram. So tell us a little bit about yeah. where we can find you. Yeah, I am very easy to find. Actually, I'm Dasha Dare across all platforms. Uh, my website is dashadare.com. Um, I'm Dasha Dare, one word on Instagram, Dasha Dare on LinkedIn. I'm quite um, active there. And I, I'd say Instagram is more for picture sharing purposes. Um, you can see all of my most recent portfolio of work. And then LinkedIn is more about my work with uh, corporate clients, um, more about feeling seen and um, some of the self-image projects that I'm uh, currently working on. So yeah, and my email, uh, dash at dashadare.com. So please feel free to reach out, uh, hang out, uh, spend time, take pictures. I'm all yes. for it. <laughs> yes, Come to New York to get pictures. Yes, absolutely. 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 <laughs> Very cool. Well, Dasha, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, this you. is Katie Van Horn. And this is Jackie Clayton. Bye. Bye. Bye.
You might be surprised to know that not all serial killers are straight, cisgender white men, and the victims of true crime are not a monolith either. She's Wendy, and I'm Beth, and together we host Fruit Loops Serial Killers of Color, a true crime podcast. Together we take deep dives into the true crime stories about marginalized and minoritized perps and victims that often go untold. We also provide the context and nuance that these stories deserve. At Fruit Loops, we're serving up true crime with a side of history, society, culture, and some fun. Listen to Fruit Loops Serial Killers of Color on Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.